The number 1-855-821-5900, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com is the email to contact through the show. Uh, and after as well, any time, and we'll get to the severance pay calculator. If you're not familiar with this uh, device, this tool, it's pretty amazing. But we always start, uh, brother, with the uh, the week that was. How was it? Hey, Johnny. Thank you very much. And great time. Uh, great time to be talking about employment law. A lot of things happen usually this time of year. Uh, uh, you know, oftentimes, unfortunately, companies make change before before the summer, restructuring, cost cutting. So you need to pay attention to some of the stuff we're going to be talking about over the next hour. Uh, you really need to know these things. Oftentimes, people don't know them. Most people don't know these things that we discuss. Hopefully, you've been a regular listener to our show here on the Employment Hour and you understand what your rights are You're prepared in case something happens in the workplace. You know how to deal with it. You know what to expect. But if not, if this is the first time you've heard our show, well, you're you're, you're hopefully in for some education here. Mm -hmm. We're going to try to teach you and educate you about workplace rights. What happens if you lose your job? What are you owed? When can you lose your job? All those good things. So to start us off, John, as you said, let me uh, break down a couple of situations that I saw uh, over the past few days uh, where uh, I think uh, there's some, again, very important lessons to be learned. First uh, situation involved uh, an individual that had worked for a company for 16 years in an IT p- position. He was the, essentially the company's IT guy, uh, you know, whatever that means. I'm not an IT person, so it's all confusing to me. But <laughs> but he was in the IT field, and 16 years. Except John, uh, every single year, he signed a new agreement for the following year. So every year, like clockwork, for 16 years, right at the end of the year in December, he signed an agreement for the following year. And uh, around and around we went, except then the other exception is he, for this whole time, he was considered, quote unquote, John, an independent of contractor. Of course he was. Uh, now, uh, the company decided uh, to, let, to, to say, we're going to terminate this agreement with you. We're not going to see it till the end of the year, you know, even though we're not only in the spring now. And because you're an independent contractor, we don't have to pay you anything. That's when he called me. And of course, John, to start off with, you cannot work for a company for 16 years and be an independent contractor. It's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. He had regular hours, worked from the company's offices for 16 years, the same job, same everything. Uh, no, he was an employee. It doesn't matter what he may have thought that he was, what the company may have thought that he was, what he signed. The law decides whether you're an employee or an independent contractor. And for him, he was clearly, clearly, without any shadow of a doubt, he was an employee. Beyond that, when you sign an agreement every single year for, for that long, those agreements are worthless. They mean nothing. Uh, and uh, if they mean nothing, uh, that means that you get severance. When, when agreements essentially get renewed that way, they're not, they're, they're, they're not there. So you're considered to be an indefinite hire an employee. So where does this leave the individual? He is now a 16-year employee, 58 years old. Uh, an IT guy, and he's owed probably about 14 months uh, of severance, maybe even as much as 15 months of severance. The company thought they didn't have to pay him anything because he was an independent contractor. If it was that simple, John, everyone would be independent contractors. It's not that simple. So uh, I want everyone to, to, to heed this warning and pay attention. If you believe you're an independent contractor, but you're, you're working for the company regularly, regular hours for a lengthy period of time, you're an, an employee. You have the rights of an employee, and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Yeah, that number is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. What else you got going on? So, second matter uh, involved a friend of my wife's. Actually, uh, this uh, this lady, the friend of my wife's, 
uh, was let go after 12 years. She was in a sales position. And uh, she knew that I was an employment lawyer, but she, she was, you know, hesitant to to call me because, you know, she didn't want to disturb. And uh, before she called my wife in order to connect with me, she called our friends at the labor board. Oh, boy. And she was told that she gets eight weeks pay. Exactly, by the way, John, what the company said they're going to pay her. Uh, so she thought eight weeks pay. Uh, and in talking to my wife, because they're friends, she mentioned it to her. And my wife, having uh, heard our show and, and knowing what I do and then ha- heard me speak about this issue hundreds and hundreds of times, said, well, wait a second. What are you talking about? You, you got to talk to Lior. Uh, and, and my wife actually pulled out the severance calculator, which we'll touch on later, and found out that this lady probably gets a year's pay. So I'm speaking with her uh, hopefully uh, after the weekend, and, and we'll connect with her and try to help her. Uh, but, you know, just such an indication. We'll talk later more about the, the Labor Board and the Ministry of Labor. But so many people believe and get incorrect advice with respect to their severance. But they believe that it's a week per year or that you, you get a maximum of eight weeks. It's wrong, wrong, wrong. You want to know how much you're owed, you have to get some legal advice. It's very important stuff. Before we uh, take a break, got a couple minutes here. Let's uh, get into the severance pay calculator, as promised. Well, the severance calculator, uh, John, I, I just mentioned that it's a tool that I created to have to give everyone access to information, to give everyone the knowledge that they need to know if they lost their job. They need to know how much they're owed. Uh, and in the past, the only way to do that, you have to call myself or you have to call an employment lawyer like myself uh, to find out uh, how much you're owed. But I wanted people not to have to worry about calling an employment lawyer. Some people are intimidated by it. So I created the calculator. It's available online at severancepaycalculator.com. And all you do there is you input your age, your position, and the length of your employment, and you're done. You find out how much severance you're owed immediately, whether that's uh, eight weeks pay, eight months pay, 24 months pay, or anything else. It's going to tell you. It's quick to use. It's completely free and anonymous. Don't call the Ministry of Labor. We'll talk a few in a few minutes about why you shouldn't and what could happen if you do. Get the right information with respect to your full entitlements. Tell people that, that are let go. Tell them about it. Don't let them make mistakes. SeverancePayCalculator.com. And there's no bug in the system. The numbers are right, and there's no obligation. You don't have to click through unless you'd want to. Just go there, get the information, and, and walk away, really. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know that when I created it, John, the first thing you did is you went on, not because you were losing your job. You, you, were, you, you were curious. Yeah. You wanted to know how much severance you'd be owed. I think you liked the number, by the way. Uh, and uh, a lot of people do the same thing. They're just curious. They want to know. Again, it's free. Check it out. SeverancePayCalculator.com is the website, the number 1-855-821-5900, and Lior at EmploymentHour.com. We'll get to some emails throughout the show. And, yeah, we'll get into our friends in the Ministry of Labor after a uh, short break right here on the Employment Hour. Talk Radio, AM640 and AM900 CHML. 1-855-821-5900 is the number, Lior at EmploymentHour.com. So the Ministry of Labor, yes, incorrect information. It's the house of uh, – give me some more details on uh, – on your gripe this morning, my friend. Well, you know, it, this is a topic that uh, I, I feel so passionately about, John, and it's because, you know, our government, and this is not a, a liberal versus conservative thing. I, I mean, I, I want to make it very clear. There's nothing to do with whether you're, uh, you know, which side of the spectrum uh, you fall on. This is a, a simply a policy thing that governments have, both federal and, and or, or both provincial uh, and federal, with respect to uh, entitlements, is they only advise people with respect to minimum entitlements. And the problem here is if you call, contact the Ministry of Labor, 
If you uh, uh, use that information to decide what uh, you should be owed if you lost your job, it's the wrong information. And so many people over the years have relied on the information from the Ministry of Labor uh, to get and, and accept severance that was tens and tens of thousands of dollars short of where it needs to be. Uh, as you will recall, John, a couple of years ago, I started a, a legal action, a lawsuit, on behalf of two individuals that were let go from a plant, were given eight weeks' notice. They, they each worked about, I don't know, 20 years or so. Wow. And the Ministry of Labor told them, yeah, eight weeks is great. That's all you get. And they accepted it. Uh, they, they heard me on the radio a year and a half later uh, saying that that's nonsense, that they're owed more, except by now, by then, the company was out of business. Right. So we started a legal action for negligence against the Ministry of Labor. We were able to resolve that on great terms. But unfortunately, the Ministry of Labor is still giving that incorrect information. So I want to spend a few minutes telling people why that is, how that is, and what should people really do if they lose their job. Okay, so we're going to, uh, we're going to, we're going to bypass the whole thing about not calling the Ministry of Labor. We've already gone through that. Do not do it. But what, what is the information that they're giving out that is so wrong, and why is it so different from yours? Yeah, John, and, and, and you know, people ask me that question every day, and they're confused. And if you're looking at, at uh, two things, you're looking at one hand the Ministry of Labor website, and on the other hand you're you're listening to my uh, radio show, or you're looking at, the, at my severance calculator, and it gives you completely incorrect information. I think the natural inclination someone's going to have is, well, I'm going to believe the Ministry of Labor, mm -hmm. right? Because right. that's the government. I don't know this Lior guy. So, so let's break this down. Let's, let's understand what's actually happening here. The Ministry of Labor is not lying to you. The Ministry of Labor is not telling you false info or giving you false information. What the Ministry of Labor is doing when you get information from them about losing your job is they tell you what your minimum entitlements are. This word is the key. This is, this is the basis of this whole issue, that word minimum. They tell you what your minimum entitlements are. Now, your minimum entitlements are only a portion, a small portion of your full entitlements. Your full entitlements could be two, three, five, ten times that or even more than ten times that. Unfortunately, the Ministry of Labor can only and does only tell you what your minimum entitlements are. That's it. Our courts have this established you know, for the last 150 years that uh, every employee has significantly greater entitlements than those minimums. The Ministry of Labor doesn't care about that. They only say, well, we're not going to get into any of that. We're going to tell you what those minimums are. The other problem, John, is that if, the, if they told you that that's what they're doing, that would be fine. If the Ministry of Labor said, hey, your minimum entitlements are two weeks. You may have additional entitlements. We can't tell you about that. For that, you have to get your own advice. I would be fine with that. But if they tell you, you get two weeks, full stop, goodbye. Yeah. That I have a huge problem with because if you just got that advice from the Ministry of Labor, you lost your job, Ministry of Labor told you two weeks pay, you were offered three weeks pay, you will accept that three weeks pay without thinking twice and then not realizing that you may, be, may have been owed six months pay and you walked away from twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 right there. Huge issue, huge mistake. So you cannot, under any circumstances, get that advice from the Ministry of Labor and rely on it. You're going to hurt yourself doing that. So outside of the uh, the wise folks catching this program weekly, uh, what do most people do when they lose their job? Well, you know, when people lose their job, they, they try to get answers. They try to get answers wherever they can as to, is this legal? Uh, is this right? Uh, did I get what I'm owed? Is my, did my employer do something wrong? And those are the right questions to ask. 
Unfortunately, most people look for answers to those questions in the wrong places. They call the Ministry of Labor. Uh, again, I, I can't fault someone for thinking that's the right thing, right? Because it seems natural. I lost my job. I'll call the department in the government dealing with jobs. So, so they do that. They uh, ask their cousins. They ask their friends for advice. They go online on Google and, and Google information. And that's all very, very dangerous. You cannot get information. You shouldn't rely on information on something as important as losing your job unless you know the source. Okay, you have to have to know the source of information. I spoke with an individual last week who uh, the person that he went to is his brother. His brother apparently owned a business for many, many years until he retired, had many employees. So he assumed, well, he must know. Mm -hmm. And the information that his brother gave him was completely incorrect, completely wrong. Of course, he didn't do it on purpose. Of course, the brother wanted to help him, but it was wrong information. So people get that. Inf people are out there in search for information. Unfortunately, they look in the wrong places. So we're here to tell you, you, you don't have to speak to me. That's absolutely fine. You don't, you don't like me. I'll give you the referral for another lawyer if you want. But you have to speak with an employment lawyer. You have to go to the severance calculator. Nothing else should do. Going to keep throwing up the warning signs about uh, working with the Ministry of Labor when it comes to severance. When it comes to severance, that's what we're talking about here after a short break. The one 821 5900 number is to get a hold of Lior anytime, and it's Lior at employmenthour.com. This is the Employment Hour. Talk Radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. one 821 5900 Lior at employmenthour.com. Through email, we're talking about the Ministry of Labor, giving out incorrect information. So uh, you go to the Ministry of Labor website and you look up... Termination, uh, termination of employment. What are you bound to find there? You're going to find a chart, a table nice. that shows you something very simple. It says, you know, one year of employment, you get one week's pay if you lose your job. Two weeks, two years, two, two, two weeks, and so forth up until the maximum of eight weeks. It's a very nice table and chart, so it's a very easy correlation, a week per year of service. Hmm. Anyone can understand that. You look at that and you think, okay, I get that. So, hey, I'm a six-year employee. I lost my job. I'm looking at the chart. Ah, six weeks. Got it. That's all I'm owed. That's what you're going to see. You're also going to see that in some situations, bigger companies may have to pay even more than that, an extra week per year. You think, okay, good. So I fall in that situation, so I actually get two weeks per year. So I get 12 weeks in, in that example. Except, John, as I said, that information is wrong because that 12 weeks may represent your minimum entitlements, but it could be uh, a fifth of your full entitlements. So that's what people will see. And unfortunately, there's no warnings there. There's no obvious way to see, well, wait a second, you may be owed more. If you scroll all the way to the bottom and you use your magnifying glass to read the fine print, maybe, maybe there's something there. But you, you would have to look really, really hard if, if at all, to find it. So he figured, okay, I don't trust the website. Now, nah, you know what? I'm going to pick up a phone. I'm going to call these guys. So what happens if you actually pick up the phone and talk to, if you can get one, a live body of the ministry? What are they going to tell you? You know, the, the unfortunate thing is you will get a live body. <laughs> and that live body at the Ministry of Labor will tell you essentially the same thing. They'll ask you two questions. They'll ask you, how long did you work? And is it a large company or a small company? That's it. And they'll tell you, okay, well, if it's a small company, then it's a week per year. If it's a large company, it's two weeks per year. Done. Full stop. Hang up. Move on to the next call. That's wrong. That is wrong. And I've said that in the previous segment. Uh, and and they, what they don't tell you is, so yeah, it's two weeks per year, but that's your minimum entitlements. You may be owed more. We can't tell you what that is because we don't know what the more amount is, but it's, it's just only the minimum. If they did that, I would be happy. 
Unfortunately, they don't do that, uh, and it, they leave it to the employee to figure it out. And how would again, unless you've you've and by the way, if, if you knew that there's other additional entitlements, you wouldn't have called the Ministry of Labor to begin with. So by definition, anyone calling the Ministry of Labor is someone that doesn't know what their full right. entitlements are. So hopefully by now, if you've been listening to our show for the last uh, 15 minutes or so, you understand, you know, uh, and, and you know what not to do if you lose your job. Well, you, you know what the reaction is going to be, and there's got to be someone inside that building in that ministry that knows exactly what you're talking about. So why do they do this? Why can't they just give the information that you've given where you wouldn't have a problem with it? You know, I, I've, I've struggled myself to, to get a legitimate answer because I, I don't think that the Ministry of Labor can give the information that I give, that they're not equipped to properly assess, and they're not in the business of giving giving legal advice. I get that. I completely understand. So I'm not expecting them to, to go through the analysis and say, okay, based on your age, position, length of employment, you get 18 months pay. No, none of that. All they have to do, John, is tell people those are minimum entitlements, and to find out if you're owed more, you should get advice. That's it. It's simple. Why they don't do that is beyond me. I think they simply don't, don't see that as their responsibility. Uh, I, I disagree completely, mm-hmm. and I think that uh, most people that that have been uh, uh, wronged by the Ministry of Labor would disagree with that as well. Hopefully, at some point, we can make this change. At this point, despite my best efforts, it hasn't changed. So we know the information that the ministry does give you, which is weak. What is all the information they're not giving you? Well, they're not telling you. Uh, they're not telling you several things. They're not telling you, number one, that uh, you have additional entitlements. They're not telling you that those entitlements could be uh, significant and could be several times those other entitlements. The other thing they're not telling you is that, hey, if you file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor, then you're, guess what? You've given up your rights to your full entitlements. Once you file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor uh, to, to get that week per year because your employer didn't give it to you, now you realize, wait a second, it, it wasn't just a week per year. It should have been six weeks per year. You can't say, well, good, now I'm going to call Lior and I'm going to get him to get me my six weeks per year. Now you're stuck in that process. Now you're in a situation where the only one that can help you is the Ministry of Labor because you filed that complaint with them. They don't tell you that. So you may then be stuck and lose out, again, on, on huge amounts of money. And I can't tell you, John, how many times I see every single week, and I'm just one guy, but how many times I see in every single week people contacting me uh, after they filed complaints with the Ministry of Labor, realize later that that wasn't the right thing to do, and I have to break the news to them that they're stuck. So let's say someone hasn't heard our show, God forbid, uh, and they do contract <laughs> the Ministry of Labor about their termination. What's, uh, what's the, 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 you know, the, the least dangerous thing that can happen, and what's the worst thing that can happen? Well, you know, the least dangerous thing is that they talk to them and they realize, you know, that doesn't sound right. I should get my own advice. Or hopefully someone tells mm-hmm. them uh, that, yeah, you know, don't. that's not enough. You've got to speak to a professional. You've got to speak to someone that knows what they're doing. Uh, there's this uh, handsome guy on the radio. You should call him. Hopefully that's, that's the, 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 the best thing. Uh, the worst thing that can happen is they'll either accept the severance offer based on uh, the, the advice that they, they got and realizing later that they are owed much more, or they file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor and then they're stuck. Uh, and those are, are the worst case scenarios. Unfortunately, the worst case scenarios are far more common. Most people that call the Ministry of Labor end up following the advice given by the Ministry of Labor. And at that point, that's, that's too late to do anything about it. So this one sounds like a bit of an obvious question as we get down to our last minute for this segment. So if the ministry is uh, not the good source for uh, information, where do we go to get the straight goods? Well, you don't go to the Ministry of Labor. You don't use our friends 
uh, at Google. Okay, you 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 call an employment lawyer. You absolutely do. Uh, you. you you can use Google to find an employment lawyer or you can <laughs> right. call me, uh, but, but that's it. You call an employment lawyer, you get that advice. Any employment lawyer that, that's mm-hmm. worth their salt will be able to assess you very quickly as to what you're owed, and, and, and that's all you have to do. Uh, and if you don't do that, then unfortunately, the law doesn't excuse it. You can't later say, oh, I didn't know, I didn't realize, I got the wrong advice. Once you've accepted a bad severance offer, you're stuck with it with almost no exceptions, so get legal advice. We'll continue our chats and uh, awaken you to things you should be aware of when it comes to ministry of labor and use, uh, losing your job. The number, by the way, in the meantime, one 821 5900 and Lior at employmenthour.com. You want to email them and severancepaycalculator.com. You want to find out what your severance really should be, the full amount, not the ministry stuff, the real full amount. Go to that website and check it out as well. Short break here, the Employment Hour. Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. 1-855-821-5900, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com is the email. We continue our uh, discussion about the Ministry of Labor and the things you should be aware of. So uh, is there any situations, though, where someone should be going to the Ministry of Labor for help? Absolutely, yes. Okay, and then really the only situation where you should not go to the Ministry of Labor is as it relates to termination of employment. You can go to Ministry of Labor dealing with your hours of work issues, your overtime issues, your vacation pay issue, holiday pay issues. All those are legitimate issues. Uh, now, when it comes to situations where with, you lost your job or you're concerned about losing your job, or maybe you're, you're, you're facing a, a, a harassment situation, someone is not treating you well, uh, you, that Ministry of Labor cannot help you. They can help you with, with the, the, the obvious things dealing with numbers. You know, how much overtime do I get? How much vacation do I get? For that, not only can they give you the right information, okay, because it can be complex, but they can give you the right information. They can even help you enforce those rights. So I encourage people every day to contact the Ministry of Labor with respect to overtime, hours of work, vacation, those issues. Absolutely, yes. But when it comes to the big issues, uh, constructive dismissal, we'll talk about that later, Workplace harassment, human rights, termination of employment, they cannot help you with that. They, 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 in fact, in some cases, as I've said before in the previous segment, they, they can give you the incorrect and the wrong information. Uh, so you've, you have to be very mindful of that. You know, it's funny, and we should talk about this for a second, going back to the severance pay calculator and why you built that thing. I think you were, you were trolling around a golf website or golf blogs, golfing of all things, and all of a sudden this conversation popped up about uh, labor line and how much severance people should get, and that, that was the genesis for you creating the severance pay calculator, right? Just goes well, to yeah, show that Google it, you can't use. Exactly. So on that golf, uh, it was a, a, me, a forum, a yeah. chat forum, if you will, uh, and, and there were several threads, not one, several threads dealing with termination of employment. So someone that uses that that uh, form, the message board, I guess that's the word yep. I was looking for, uh, posted, yeah, I lost my job. What, what should I be getting? And there were dozens and dozens of answers and, and thoughts and strategy and advice from, from you know those users of the message uh, board. And all of it was wrong. All of it was wrong. And, and at some point, uh, uh, this person concluded after speaking with the people on the message board that he should be getting two weeks per year of service because someone quoted from the Ministry of Labor. And in seeing that, and I, I decided, no, no, I, I have to try to make it easier for people to get that information. Right. Uh, you know, it's easy to say, speak to a lawyer, but I understand that some people don't want to do that. I understand that for some people, the idea of a lawyer can be intimidating. It really shouldn't be, but I understand that it is. 
So that's why I created the severance calculator to give that tool to people. Uh, and, and hopefully I've been, I've been able to make some difference in, uh, in avoiding people accepting a lot less on their own. one 821 5900 is the number talking about, as you mentioned, a constructive dismissal. So difference, difference between constructive dismissal and a regular dismissal. Yeah, and uh, constructive dismissal is a topic, John, that comes up very, very, very often. It, it's, it's a huge topic. Probably the, the, the second most common issue that I deal with, the first being a, a regular termination. Someone lost their job and we're dealing with how much severance they're owed. Uh, and there's, there's some confusion out there as to what is a constructive dismissal, when it can happen, and what it all means. So, so let's try to demystify that and break it down for our listeners. Now, as you just asked, the difference between a regular dismissal and a constructive dismissal. A regular dismissal is a situation where the employer explicitly has decided you're not going to work for us anymore. And they've told you that. They've made the unilateral formal decision that you're being let go. You don't have any say in the matter, and it's strictly the employer's decision. So that's straightforward. You, you always know when you've been dismissed. Your employer told you, that's it, you're done. You don't have a job. A constructive dismissal, on the other hand, is a situation where the employer has not decided that uh, that you're let go. The employer is not telling you you don't have a job. A constructive dismissal is a situation that because of something that the employer did, you, the employee, are considering yourself as being dismissed. Your employer didn't let you go, but they did something, something that they're not allowed to do. We'll talk about that in a second. And because of the thing that they did that they're not allowed to do, you, the employee, made the decision that that's it. It's as if you have fired me. It's as if you have dismissed me. That is a constructive dismissal, and that is the difference between the two. Okay, so let's get into that then. Give us some examples of common constructive dismissal situations. Well, constructive dismissal usually happen when the employer changes the terms of employment in a significant way, and the employer does that unilaterally. So whenever an employer does something, changes the terms of employment in a way that they're not allowed to do, that could, not always, but could result in a constructive dismissal. The classic situation, the classic example, is a pay decrease. So if you're making $80,000 and your employer says, unfortunately, we have to reduce your pay to $60,000, that is a constructive dismissal, or you have the right to treat it as a constructive dismissal. An employer generally would not have the right to reduce your pay that way. Another common example could be a demotion. Another common example could be a, a relocation. I don't mean a relocation across the street. I mean a significant relocation where it's going to impact your life in the sense that maybe now you're going to have to commute a lot longer to work or you're going to have to find uh, alternative child care arrangements. So all those uh, situations are common situations that could result in a constructive dismissal and that could allow the uh, employer uh, or allow the employee to leave with severance. We'll talk to more about that, that subject and get more of your emails here in just a couple minutes. In the meantime, the number to get a hold of Lior anytime, one 821 5900 and Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. And again, if you have some time, check out severancepaycalculator.com. Find out what your severance really should be. Your full entitlements is what that'll give you. It's the Employment Hour right here, Talk Radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. 1-855-821-5900 and Lior at employmenthour.com. We're talking about uh, all about constructive dismissal. Uh, a couple more examples of constructive dismissals. What do you got? Because I know there's a bunch, right? Yeah, and, and you know, we talked about the big ones, the obvious ones, yeah. pay decrease, demotion, relocation. There are other constructive dismissals that could be uh, more subtle. Probably the biggest one of those is when you're facing harassment or you're in a poisoned work environment situation. There's an implied term in everyone's employment relationship 
that were not going to be subject to harassment. They were going to work in a positive uh, work environment, in a work environment that's conducive to working. So whenever something happens that changes that, so now instead of having a positive work environment, it's a poison work environment. It's a very uncomfortable. People mistreat me. Uh, I'm being harassed. Whenever that happens, one of the remedies that's available is the employee may be able to treat that as a constructive dismissal. Why? Because what, what the employer essentially did here is they changed the deal. The deal was it's going to be a good work environment. Now it's a terrible work environment. So that's a change to the deal. Because of that, it's as if the employer made a significant change. It, it could be considered a constructive dismissal. So it's not always obvious. You always know when you've, your pay has been decreased or you've, if you've been demoted or relocated. When it comes to workplace harassment issues, it could be more subtle. It's not always obvious. But remember, anytime something happens that shouldn't happen, something happens that makes it, let's say, difficult to continue working, then that always can give rise to a constructive dismissal as well. So, you know, there's going to be people listening to this right now going, you know what, some of those things you mentioned, I'm right in that situation at work. So you think you think it's a constructive dismissal. What do you do next? Well, when, whenever you're faced with a constructive dismissal, first of all, the first thing you have to do is to get some legal advice to determine whether, in fact, this this change, this situation that you're dealing with does give rise to a constructive dismissal. It's not every change that does that. So just because something happened doesn't always mean a constructive dismissal. We have to look at a few things to determine uh, that, that that is. But if, in fact, we've determined that it is a constructive dismissal, at that point, you have a choice. The choice is very simple. You can accept this change. You can accept the situation and continue working and not do anything about a constructive dismissal. Or you can say, no. I am not going to do that. I'm going to treat this as a constructive dismissal, leave, and get my severance. So the choice would always be continue working despite what happened or resign and get severance. That's always the choice, and you usually have a very small window to make that choice. So if the, the demotion happened a year ago, by now it's too late to do anything about it because even if you weren't happy, you're considered to have accepted it. Usually you have a window of a few weeks between the time the change happens until you can uh, actually do something about it. But those are the choices, John. So someone can, they think they're under this, uh, one of these constructive dismissal banners. They go, you know what, I'm going to quit and give Leora a call. Yeah, and that's that's putting the cart before the horse. <laughs> right. uh, in, in the sense that you don't quit and then give me a call. You give me a call to determine whether you should quit. Uh, so I don't want anyone resigning or quitting because they think or they believe they've been constructively dismissed. I want you to first call me. Let's talk about it. Let's first decide that you have been constructively dismissed. And if we decide that you have, then let's talk about how we how you quit. Are you just going to walk out? Are you going to send a letter? Are you going to give the company a chance to resolve the problem first? All of those things are things we need to discuss. So please, 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 if you're listening to me right now, if you believe you've been constructively dismissed, do not quit first. Call me first. Then we can talk about quitting. I know a lot of people will do this and they'll fall into this category. And, and what do you say about this? The person who says, you know, they just want to be a good team player and they're going to accept, you know, a bit of a pay cut or a demotion. And I, I get that all the time. And, and you know, I, I, I respect that. I do. If you're saying, you know, I understand this is not uh, something my employer is allowed to do that, but I'm going to be a good soldier, a good team player, and I'm going to accept it. I'm going to accept this demotion. I'm going to take the pay cut, whatever it is. And, and as much as that's admirable, you have to be very, very careful with that. The problem, John, with accepting uh, a change, let's say it's a, a pay decrease, is by accepting it, you've given the company the right potentially to do it again. 
You've set this precedent, okay? You've set this now implied term that allows the company to do it again. So you may think, well, I'll take this pay cut now just because I'm a good soldier, but I'm pretty sure it's not going to happen again. Or if it does happen again, at that point, I'm going to say it's a constructive dismissal. Well, no, not so fast. If you accept it, you, you can't then later on, when the company reduces your pay again, say it's a constructive dismissal. You only have one kick at that can. So uh, by accepting the change, you arguably then give the company the right to do it again and again and again without being able to do anything. So it's that can of worms that you've opened that could be problematic. The other concern, of course, with accepting that change, especially when it comes to uh, a pay decrease, is if you agree to a pay reduction and uh, a month, a year, whatever it is later the company lets you go, the severance that they have to pay you is now going to be calculated based on the lower salary. So you can lose out on severance as well. So uh, be very careful about accepting changes. Be very careful about what that means to your future. Uh, usually it's a bad idea to accept significant changes to the terms of employment. Let's get to an email before we uh, take a break in this segment. Uh, Sean writes in, by the way, it's Lior at employmenthour.com. Sean says, I was just placed on a temporary uh, layoff. After working for the company for nine years, I have no idea. If I'll get called back, what can I do? What should I do? Well, this is a, actually a perfect question, a perfect uh, uh, addition to what we've been talking about with uh, a constructive dismissal. A temporary layoff is a constructive dismissal. Let's think about that, John. Uh, if the company said, I'm going to reduce your pay by 50%, holy cow, that's a big change. So clearly that will be a constructive dismissal. Well, a layoff is a situation where the company says, we're going to reduce your pay by 100%. We're not going to pay you at all. Well, guess what? If a 50% reduction is a constructive dismissal, a 100% reduction is even more of a constructive dismissal. The bottom line is, despite what you may have read online, despite what my good friends at the Ministry of Labor may have told you, a, a, a temporary layoff in almost every situation is a termination, which means you have the right, like with any constructive dismissal, to either accept it and do nothing and continue waiting and hopefully the company calls you back, or you can treat that as a termination now, as a constructive dismissal, and leave and get your severance now and move on and find another job. So in this situation, or the, the, the email that we got, uh, th those are your options. You, you don't believe you're going to be called back? Well, then let's treat that as a constructive dismissal right now. Why are we sitting at home waiting with no income? Yeah. Let's get you compensation now, and you find another job and, and move on. We'll take a, a quick break. The number is one 821 5900 and the email. We'll get back to those after uh, the break as well. Lior at employmenthour.com. The Employment Hour right here. Talk Radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. one 821 5900 is the number. Lior at employmenthour.com is the email. Leo writes in, says, uh, 16 weeks of severance enough after eight years of employment as a chef. My employer said that I am really only entitled to eight weeks of severance. So they're being nice. They're doubling it. Yeah, well, aren't they being very, very generous, John? <laughs> no, it, it's it's not enough, not enough at all. Uh, in that situation, you could be entitled to, uh, you know, a lot more. It could be eight, ten months pay. Uh, and again, uh, that, that this email probably comes from a lot of those misconceptions that we've talked about that I addressed in the beginning of the show that, that you get a week per year or two weeks per year. That is all wrong, John. And uh, based on the person's age, position, and length of employment, we're probably looking at about uh, 10 months here uh, of severance. So this is a wrongful dismissal. And, and you know the term wrongful dismissal sometimes is misunderstood. A lot of people think that a wrongful dismissal is a situation where you're let go uh, when there's no good reason to let you go. 
or you're let go for the, the for improper considerations, or you did nothing wrong, so you've been wrongfully dismissed. Unfortunately, none of that is true. Uh, an employer generally does have a right to let an employee go for any reason. It's a question of severance. So what is a wrongful dismissal? A wrongful dismissal is simply a situation where the employee is let go, but the employee is not paid all the compensation, all the severance that they're owed. So if, uh, in this email, if you've been offered uh, 16 weeks pay and you're owed uh, more than 16 weeks pay, then you've been wrongfully dismissed. Uh, and in this case, based on this email, you clearly have been wrongfully dismissed. You're owed a lot more than the 16 weeks pay, uh, potentially three, four times that. So uh, yeah, you have to give me a call. Use the severance calculator in the meantime, but give me a call uh, back during the week. Happy to talk to you. Happy to make sure that uh, you get everything that you're owed, uh, no less than that. That number, Leo, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Got a uh, email from Bernadette. Says, uh, how many warnings does an employer have to give an employee before it can let an employee go? Great question. Uh, and, and the real question, uh, Bernadette, is: if, Are we talking about a for cause or without cause termination? If the employer is willing to let the employee go with severance, they don't have to give warnings at all. Okay, they can let the employee go at any time with no warning, as long as that severance is paid. And the full severance is no discounts. So, so if that's what the employer wants, if the employer wants the employee gone today, as long as they pay the employee what they want, then that's not a wrongful dismissal. That can happen. But if the question is, how many warnings before an employee can be let go for cause? Well, that's a different situation. To let an employee go for cause, that means you're letting them go without severance. And that can only happen if an employee is guilty of significant and serious misconduct, the type of misconduct that made it impossible to continue employing the person. So to prove that misconduct, you absolutely do want to have previous warnings. You want to show as the employer that you've done everything you can do to fix this problem, that you've given them an opportunity to get better, to improve their behavior, and they just wouldn't or couldn't do it. So if you've done that, then you may be able, may be able to terminate for cause. How many warnings depends on the situation. The more serious a misconduct you have, the more warnings are needed. The longer the employee has already been employed, the more warnings are needed. Generally, it's a very, very, very rough guideline. I'm going to say three warnings. Three warnings uh, would be required before you can let someone go for cause. But again, that could vary. Sometimes one would be enough. Sometimes none. Sometimes seven. So it really does depend on the situation but, uh, you know, if you're putting me on the spot, I'm going to say three warnings. But certainly for all those listening, if you have been let go for cause, remember it's so difficult to terminate someone for cause. And in most cases that I see, in the vast majority of cases, the employer pulls the trigger on a termination for cause way before they should. We'll get to uh, one last one before we, uh, before we wrap it up for the day. Don says, I was offered a promotion, which means uh, many more responsibilities, but the pay is only slightly better. I don't really want to take the new position, but I'm afraid of my employer's reaction if I don't. Any advice? Well, you know, it's a, it's, it's a good question and a good email. Certainly, if you're going to be doing a lot more work, working a lot harder, maybe more hours, but you're not really going to get paid much differently, it doesn't sound like an attractive proposition. It certainly doesn't sound like an attractive promotion. And an employer definitely cannot force this on you. Uh, I understand the concern may be, well, if I show them that I'm not a team player, maybe they're going to want to let me go. The reality is, Don, yes, they could let you go because of that. They would have to, though, pay you your full severance. I can't tell you if they're going to do that or not. You should find out how much severance that would be. You can call me. You can use the severance calculator for that uh, so that you know what's at stake here. Ultimately, you have to decide what's best for you. 
is it best for you to accept this position or not to accept it and then risk leaving with severance? The only thing that the law would impose here is the obligation on the employer to pay your full severance without any discount. Uh, certainly, if they let you go, if they threaten you, if they discipline you, of course, for not taking this position, you have to give me a call right away. And that number again, one 821 5900 Just quickly in our last minute here, run through the severance pay calculator one more time because it's very important. Yeah, it is very, very important. Uh, you lost your job. You want to know how much you're owed. You haven't lost your job, but you're worried that it's coming. You're reading the writing on the wall. Maybe you're one of the Walmart employees, and you've, you've read that they're letting go 400 people, and you want to know if, if you're one of them, how much severance you're getting. By the way, I've spoken to a few Walmart employees already this week. Uh, you go to severancepaycalculator.com, and you input your age, position, and length of employment, and now you're, you have the information. Now you find out how much you're owed. Now you don't have to believe what your employer is telling you or believe what you read on a golf message board, <laughs> severancepaycalculator.com. Again, first place you go to if you lost your job. And have it with you at all times. And this number as well, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. And the email one more time uh, to get a hold of Lior, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. This has been the Employment Hour. Until next time, right here on AM640 and AM900 CHML.